Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. Welcome, everyone, to episode 13 of the Boomtron Podcast. I'm Diego. I'm joined with Damon and Amy. We're hitting play on Netflix Original. Happy it's Halloween. What's it's up, early, everybody? too. It is early. Yeah, it is early. <laughs> so episode 13 holi- ha- kind of coincides with Halloween a little bit. Spooky? Not spooky? I don't know. Kind of, in? sort of, maybe. Not really. Are you guys really. big on Halloween? Or... I am. It's my favorite holiday. Okay. I mean, I would have liked to have been big on Halloween, but, you know, all that. So we just watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, I like yeah. that. Have your kids ever seen it, or? I mean, my boys are, you know, find it laughable, but Lucia, it was like her first scary thing to watch, so it was pretty good. And like I said, there's a, there's the new one, which was this year, and I think actually they're planning another one for next year as well. Okay, okay, that's dope. Yeah, we we kept it simple, too, just hung out with some neighbors and the kids, costumes i like halloween i like dressing up yeah i would agree all right so what do you guys got for news for netflix what do you got okay i mean i I just have what you know we all know is always coming is you know netflix is raising some of uh its prices but it it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a big deal i mean they're they're raising their their plan to a dollar that's the most popular plan that they have to 14 dollars per month I mean, I think the the premium plan goes up two more dollars, and then the basic plan remains the same. But here's the thing: I mean, everyone's watching a lot, right? I feel like their right. infrastructure probably, you know, is getting hit a little bit in terms of you know how much television you watch. So I'm a okay with this. There's there's nothing really else out there for me in terms of other streaming services that that give that sort of bang for the amount of money. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, but that that would be my news, so everyone should just kind of pay attention to that. Okay. Check your bills. <laughs> what do you um, got, Aim? So I my news is about two shows that I love, just love. Um, Lucifer Part Two is going to come out in early 2021. They've um, they they split season five into two parts. Part one was released recently. I spoke about it in a different um, episode. They've, they're going to release part two early in the year, January, February, but then they've also started filming season six, which is great because that was one of those things that uh, I had mentioned before was kind of on again, off again as to whether or not it was going to be renewed, but it's been renewed and they've already started to film. And once they start to film, then I feel more confident that it's actually coming. So, and then the other one is that Virgin River season two is finally going to be released on November 27th. And I've been waiting for season two for so long. And if you're somebody who likes Sweet Magnolias, which was another Netflix show that I really enjoyed, or if you're like Hallmark movies, but a little less Hallmarky, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. It's 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 that kind of predictable, mm-hmm. comfortable kind of show, but because it's on Netflix and it's not on the Hallmark channel, it definitely has a little bit more of an edge. Yes. Yeah. And so that's coming out on the 27th of November. You can be sure that will be on my to-watch next time all right uh my news is which is stolen from me i I would that's i said it i claimed it first so technically because i was nice and i asked you i i I knew you were gonna go there though no man don't be a hater man come on (laughs) 
come on. But yeah, Netflix is going to you know do an adapt of Assassin's Creed, the video game. So that's real cool because one, I like history and I like a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, like the one they did with the Revolutionary War. That was so dope. So I'm really looking forward to them making a live action of this. There's no like showrunner yet. It's still in the early stages, but definitely something I'm going to watch as soon as it comes out. So you think they're going to do a game of the movie or is the movie going to be more based on the games? I think the game, the move, the show is going to be. Wait, is it a movie original. or a show? It says long running. Uh, I think it's just going to be a show. Yeah. Okay. New series, it says. Gotcha. So for the uninitiated, which would be me, and as much as I love video games, first-person shooter games, I can't get the hang of. My 16-year-old tried to teach me how to play Fortnite, and it this was actually a mess. not a first-person shooter. It's not? So yeah, so no, talk to not. me about the game. I don't, I don't know the game. It's more third-person, and it's like a, an RPG, so like a role-playing game. And okay. you are this guy that's kind of time travels, I guess, per se, into different parts of history to try to fix it but it's like it's a lot of it's trying it's like based off like the freemasons or like secret societies kind of thing so there's a lot of that element to it okay which is always cool um and there's a lot of history so like the revolutionary war one like george washington you see like all these characters and you see like secret society type thing like the ring and all that um and your job is to assassinate people yeah, like take like, care of, so history goes the way it's supposed to go. Okay, okay. Actually, that sounds like a show I would watch, so I love oh, time travel. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, I think they're going to do a very good job in terms of, right? Because the big thing with that show is going to be the special effects, and, and I think yeah. Netflix is really up their game there, so I think that's why I'm excited well, to see it. You guys both saw The Witcher, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that was that's based off a video game. Supposedly yep. that's like that went really well. So you know, I'm, I'm big hopes for this one as well, right? Okay. Yeah, I would agree. So had some time to watch a few shows. What have you guys watched in this spoiler-free section? All right. So I, I think these some of these we actually kind of watched together, but you guys didn't get through this one. So the secrets of the Sakara tomb. So what this is, this is a documentary that follows the decoding of the tomb of an old kingdom priest that's unopened for 4,400 years. And this is the excavation of some of the shafts to, you know, kind of discover what's going on there. So we're going to, as the audience, we're going to kind of go through it and meet some people and the the archaeologists and see what they find. I liked it. You guys seem to think that it was a little, what would you say, was it boring? I mean, I, I just, it's funny. I don't no, necessarily always do documentaries, but this one seemed pretty cool. I, I love that sort of time, right? That ancient time and mm-hmm. tombs and things like that. So I, I kind of dig, I, I, I dig it. And the other thing too was, is that you, you got to kind of meet some of these archaeologists, which I think was, you know, how it was, I guess, a little different than a regular dig. I mean, that was kind of one of their things. I mean, it overall, it was good or okay i don't know but it was interesting i was definitely interested in it and i probably would have watched it if i had been able to just sit and watch it but i've mentioned before the way that i watch a lot of shows is while i'm doing something else right it's it's just kind of the way that i'm able to get through it so if i'm cooking dinner i am watching the show at the same time if i'm cleaning the house i'm i'm bringing my ipad around from room to room with me and i'm i'm watching at the same time 
this was one that I couldn't watch like that because they did very often speak in another language and then they would just write the words on the screen. Hmm. And because I wasn't able to just always be looking at the screen, I, I just wasn't able to follow it. I kept yeah, having la- to stop and go back and rewind. Yeah. So I, I'm also fascinated with Egypt. I love everything Egyptian. It was always one of my favorite time periods to teach when that was in our curriculum. But um, I, I just... I was disappointed that I couldn't follow simply because I had to look at the screen to watch, which sounds ridiculous. Like you're watching something, of course, you're looking at the screen, but not the way that I watch. So I, I'm disappointed I couldn't see it, but I'm glad to hear that it was good because I, I did have high hopes for it. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of on the same boat as you, Amy, and I think I had another thing going against me is that, you know, looking real quickly at the title and it being around the Halloween time, I think part of my mind thought it was going to be like a scary kind of movie. And not realizing right away that it was going to be a legit documentary. And I watched the first 20, 25 minutes. But maybe it was just, again, I'm looking to, it's Halloween. It's a scary time when I watch scary movies. I don't think I was ready to sit down and watch a documentary. And, and uh, that's surprising from Diego. Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, I love documentaries. And this, this time around, I watched two, and I couldn't get through them both. I, think, I think Diego might have been able to stick with it if it was Secrets of the Saqqara Kitchen. And they were doing some ancient Egyptian cooking, but, you know. I might have gone down with that. Yeah. So so let's see. The other one that I had, which I don't think Diego or myself made it through, was Cadaver. So it sounds really cool, right? So this is the aftermath of a nuclear disaster. It's a family with their daughter, Alice, you know, survival. And then one day, a hotel invites the survivors there to attend a theater play. I mean, you kind of know where this is going. I think they kind of ruined it right off the bat with the, you know, with the title so the theater play has a meal included to help those in need the family decide to go to the hotel it gets crazy and you know people start to disappear i for for me the biggest problem was is it felt small it felt very small in terms of the cinematography just kind of what was going on the way that they were in these like rooms and the as they were trying to survive and that just put me off right off the bat. I was like, not that this needs to seem real, but it kind of does, right? That's what you're looking for is this world building. And it just, that was not there for me. So I wasn't invested and I just couldn't get through it because of that. Yeah, no, I, I made it through the first 20 minutes and I just found it boring. Like dialogue, boring. The scenery, boring. And I get it's post-apocalyptic, so I guess there's nothing exciting about that. But it just everything just everything that happened was boring to me, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make it through it. I couldn't. Yeah, I I, I would I would agree with that. And Amy, you did not watch that, correct? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. It just didn't make it this time. That's okay. So then the next one, which I, I think Diego and myself are going to disagree on, is, is Blood of Zeus. So a commoner living in ancient Greece, Heron discovers his true heritage as the son of Zeus and his purpose to save the world from a demonic army. The problem that I had with it is, right, if you're going to do something like this, why do we have to have a new made-up character? Like, it sounds crazy that that's what bothered me about it, but being somebody that has a degree in that, you know, Roman Greek history, like, it hurt my feelings that we brought a new character. I would have much rather enjoyed the story as kind of a fictional, well, (laughs) again, I'm (laughs) I'm air quoting here, fictional you know, new story for somebody that 
um, I, you know, that we already know. Like, that's kind of where I had a problem with it. You know, story-wise, you, I thought it was pretty good. You're talking about, like, the antagonist, the bad guy in the show here? No, I'm just talking about the Heron. He doesn't exist okay. in okay. history. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. In, in their, you know, mythology. And I okay. think that's where it went wrong for me. But overall, the story was good. I thought the animation was really good. But I just didn't love it because of that. I, it just, to so me, if you that... Were, if you were, if it was like a Hercules guy... Yes. Yep. You would be, you would like it more. He yeah, has sounds so stupid, but yeah, I just and see, as, I kind of, I I didn't think of it that way, but just hearing you say it, like I enjoyed that it was a new character and it was a new, but, okay. like something that I I don't hear in class. You know what I mean? Like you, we all know the stories, the Hercules attacks, all the mythology. I this get all that, but why not give me somebody then a little bit smaller that actually existed? Like see, here's the thing: you bring this character who's you know the son of Zeus. It's not like he's a nobody. And I don't know. To me, that just overall the show is good. I'm being super nitpicky on that because that's super. just my jam. <laughs> but it was good outside of that. Okay. And I enjoyed it, and I think I think you hit it right on the on the nail right there with um, the animation. I thought it was really really. Oh, good. animation was dope. Really really good. I liked the, the story. Was really again a story that. Maybe it was something like a popular idea, like the giant and all this and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I, I just loved, I love mythology. So, like, I was already invested into this. And then just seeing a new take on it and seeing all that, I thought it was very dope. Really, really enjoyed Blood of Zeus. Okay. So, I'm going to go through all the ones that we, Amy, we're just going to make Amy be quiet for a long time. That's so. fine. <laughs> so, the other one is La Revolution. So, we're in 1787 France. And, and this is what I'm surprised Amy didn't take a, take a peek at. She must have just run out of time while she was cleaning with her iPad around the house. I did. So, it's true. <laughs> while, while investigating a series of mysterious murders, Joseph Guillotine, the future inventor of the guillotine, right, uncovers an unknown virus, the blue blood. And this, you know, disease spreads through all the French, uh, you know, aristocracy and then I guess driving them to murder people, right? And it leads to rebellion. I, it's kind of like a what if the French Revolution didn't happen the way we thought? So... <clears throat> I, I don't even know what to say about this one, Diego. Like, it looked great, right? Like, it looked great. The story sounds wonderful. It was okay. I watched the first two episodes, and I think when you were you when you started it and you were talking to us about yeah. it, you said it looks interesting. That's where yeah. I'm at right now. Like, it looks interesting, and it has potential to be something like cool. But I haven't gotten to the cool part yet. Like, I'm still waiting. I, I, don't, so I, f oh, I, I finished it, and it doesn't necessarily get there. There's no payoff, you're saying? Yeah, I didn't feel like it. I mean, and I really wanted to like this an awful lot. I really did. But I just I said it looked really good. I think everything, you know, in terms of the scenery, all of that was really well done. Again, it didn't feel small like Cadaver. It felt big, right? It felt big. I, it just The story just didn't grab me. The, the blue blood virus was just... I, I was kind of expecting more craziness. Right. And I just don't... I mean, it just didn't make that for me. It made so. me... Like, going into it a little bit made me think of um, Pride and Justice and Zombie... What's it called? Pride and... Yeah, Justice yeah, yeah. And Zombies? I forget yeah, the title of it. But it, it kind of... I was thinking it was going to have that kind of feel to it. Yeah. But it, it didn't right away. Yep. So I think those are the ones that Diego and myself watched 
without Amy. I don't know what else uh, you guys have. Well, so, Amy, what, what do you got? I watched a few. Uh, the first one that I watched was Grand Army. Um, and so, 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 so do I get to tell you what yeah, this is? Yeah, tell us what it's All about. All right. So Grand Army. See, and I don't know anything about these, so I just have to read here. Grand Army tunnels <laughs> in a generation that's raging and rising. Five students at the largest public high school in Brooklyn take on our chaotic world as they fight to succeed, survive, wild out, break free, and seize the future. Thank you, Damon. <laughs> so I found it to be, I, I really enjoyed it. So let me first of all say, it's a show about teens, but it's TVMA. It's super, super, super inappropriate for kids. Um, so I just want to give that warning out first. But but like Damon said, it's about this group of kids who go to Grand Army. The name of the high school is Grand Army. And it appears to be a magnet school for really bright kids in the city. And it follows these kids as they're all really struggling with something different. Everybody's got some secret that they're hiding or just some personality issue or some social issue um, or even just as they're adjusting to high school they're one of the people is a freshman and how she kind of focuses on that one of them is a senior who's dealing with you know um, job loss in her family and she's got to make up the the money but she's also has to study she's in all these AP classes and trying to get into college and there's a girl who I don't I really don't want to spoil it in case people watch it but there's there's a lot of really heavy stuff that watches that 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 they that they make you watch and it it was intriguing and it was compelling and at the same time it was one of those shows that we've watched a couple of teen shows like this on the show where I keep saying to myself like there there isn't a place like this right like this this has got to be totally fiction right because you're watching and it it was so heavy that it just kind of made your chest hurt to watch sometimes. There, there's an assault that happens. Um, one of the girls gets sexually assaulted, and that was really hard to watch, obviously. But the aftermath of what happens to her and how she deals with it is is really hard to watch. It just it made you feel really... I can't even think of the word, but just you just felt so much for these kids like oh my god like every time they make a step ahead something else happens that being said it also dealt with with certain issues like you know the disproportionate way that students of color are disciplined in school settings as opposed to white students something happens um and one of the students of color is is implicated in it and winds up being suspended from school for 60 days he's a bright promising musician he's you know, going to be featured in like this state competition and so forth. And he loses all of that for something that even the girl who it happens to, and it's not an assault or anything like that, is is not really interested in pressing charges or moving forward. But the school's like, nope, we have a hard line. We have a hard line. Wait, is, so is this true story or no? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. But, but again, it, it, it kind of highlights these things because then you see these white students behaving very badly and nothing happens. Nothing. Like, White students are implicated in the sexual assault and get off with nothing. So there were a lot of deep issues that it looked at, too. It was just a really heavy, heavy show. Um, so that's the one that I watched. Another one that I watched was Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. And Diego, you watched that, too, yeah? Yes, All I did. right. Okay. Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. Addicted to technology. A group of teens attends a rehabilitation camp in the forest. But a sinister force there intends to take them offline forever. 
Yeah. So I wanted to watch the heck out of this, but it looked scary. <laughs> you, you would. It would not have been for you. I, I don't think it. Even just the gore alone, yeah, I think, would not have for been you, for you. Yeah, okay. So it's. It, I mean, it was basic. It was. A, it's a film that was made in Poland, and it's basically like every '80s horror film where people go to yes. camp. I mean, there was nothing. I mean, it was definitely not an original idea, except for this whole addicted to tech thing. And Which it was, didn't even really play a part. It didn't at all. It didn't at all, except for that they didn't have phones so that they could call for help. I mean, yes. that because they, they took all their technology, which you make a horror movie like that today. That which is that's a horror kinda, movie in itself, right? No but that's a, yeah, exactly. Teenagers, my phone. But it actually, to be honest, I would be upset without my phone too. But it it was kind of a smart way to to make them not have phones because it would be hard to make a horror movie today because kids could just use their phone and call for help. It's not the 80s. But I, I thought it was very cheesy, um, but kind of fun to watch. I didn't think it was scary at all. Like, my husband and I laughed out loud at some parts. Not for, it's not, again, it's not really for kids. It wasn't terrible. It's not something I would ever watch again. It did that thing that they try to do. They did it in Scream where, like, a horror movie is trying to be smart and make fun of itself at the same time where mm-hmm. one of the characters is like, oh no, we shouldn't do that. You know that when people do that in a horror movie, they're the first ones to get killed. Yeah. Like that kind of that kind of dialogue. Um, and the, when I hear sinister force, like part of what attracts me to movies is what the write-up is. So when I read sinister force, what I hear is a demon or a spirit or something supernatural. And that's not really what the sinister force here was. <laughs> the sinister force was really, and again, it's not spoilerville, so was really kind of unbelievable and almost comical at the same time. So, you know, it was enjoyable. We watched it. We laughed. We were, and there were a couple parts when I was like, ooh, ooh, I hope she gets out. But I wasn't like, oh my God, is she going to get out? Of course she was going to get out. Um, so I don't know. That was my thoughts. I don't know if you had a different thought about it, Diego. It was everything you just said in a nutshell. Very okay. traditional horror, 80s slasher film. Um, I, I, I thought it was fun. It, you know, typical Halloween movie. Right. I enjoyed it. I watched it. But it's one of those where I was, you know, on the computer or I was checking stuff on my phone. But mm-hmm. I, was st- I still knew what was happening in the movie. Like right. no issues going on there. And and to be fair, I this is one that I didn't do anything else while I was watching. My husband and I just watched it and I wasn't distracted. Because sometimes people will say, well, maybe you didn't enjoy it because you were doing something else while you watched it. Like maybe you weren't invested enough in it. This is one that I literally, we just sat and watched together and I didn't do anything else. And I did not find it any more, you know, compelling. So, but it, I mean, it was, it was a fun look at a Polish 80s horror movie, I guess. <clears throat> the other one, another, or not the other one, another one that I watched was Nobody Sleeps, um, I'm sorry, was To the Lake, was To the Lake. I'm still in my little horror section here. Or horror. Amy's on her own for the synopsis of this one. Yeah. So To the Lake is a film, it's a Russian film, and it's <clears throat> a dystopian film. But unlike some dystopian films, this is the beginning of the the crisis the plague the virus and i i love dystopian films i love virus films i love things about i I just that whole idea of survival when the world turns upside down i really enjoy so it's the beginning of some kind of plague they don't really identify what it is that's infecting people 
um, or even how people get infected by it. But it's the beginning of some kind of plane, a plague. And the military is going around and they're kind of scooping up people who are infected. And then they spray them with like this white stuff, which kind of almost looks like... Um, like when you spray something with a fire extinguisher, right? I don't know how that helps it or stops it, but when you get this plague, your eyes turn like white and red and you become zombie-like, but not zombie-like where you don't have like mental capabilities. Like you are still doing, you're still kind of you, but just a little bit darker. Like you're not walking around and talking to people either, but... I'm not really explaining that well, but it's a no, strange plague. It's a strange plague, <laughs> but but you don't want it. That's that's the bottom line. You don't want it. And so these neighbor families who don't really like each other wind up traveling together to try to escape, right? To try to get out of Russia because they seem to think that it's only happening in Russia. That seems to be the news that they're getting. And it's this older man who has a teenage daughter and his new wife who is pregnant. And then there's a man and his girlfriend and her older son who appears to have autism, but then also his ex-wife and their son together. So they're all traveling together with this group as well. And it's none of these people like each other. None of them get along. And so they're trying to get through Russia and escape. And of course, you know, it very typically along the way, the little boy gets lost and they have to go back and find him. And the pregnant lady gives birth, but the baby doesn't make it because of course it's in the middle of the woods in the snow. And, and so it's, it's kind of very predictable. I loved, I think it was like episode three or four. I talked about the rain, um, which was from Denmark. Mm, I loved, I did. I loved that show so much. And I, thought it was going to be like that because it seems to be that you get it from being outside somehow. I thought it would be similar. It wasn't as intriguing. It was good. Again, not really for kids. The character development was kind of overdone. Like the jerky older neighbor guy, you would assume that in the plague he wouldn't be such a jerk, but he continued to be a huge jerk. Um, like there, there was never any kind of redemption for him and the the tension between the ex-husband and the wife and the new girlfriend was very predictable as well it just it was good and I watched it but I didn't love it I guess I just kind of liked it so if you like a plague movie then that's the one for you there were all these inside jokes about people from Moscow like every single person they would meet along the way because they were from Moscow, everybody they would meet along the way, they'd be like, oh, you're a Muscovite, huh? Well, that explains that. And I was like, that explains what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so maybe that's a huge like Russian inside joke, but I didn't get it. Another one that I watched, and Diego, I think you watched this one too, was Over the Moon. No, I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't watch it. No. Nobody oh. watched it except for me? No, but, oh. but I get to give the synopsis. So that's yes, you okay. do. Fueled with determination and a passion for science, a bright young girl builds a rocket ship to the moon to prove the existence of the legendary moon goddess. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It's a little bit longer. I kind of wanted to watch it, I'll be honest with you, but then I was like, nah. So, you, you know... Always, you always get me on these, none of the animated Netflix movies are any good, so I just had that in the back of right, my head. Right, right. So, so I stand by that, but um, this one was a little bit better than others in terms of being a movie. It was a musical, which I did not expect. So Oh, that's an out for me right there. Right. So they kept breaking into song and I didn't expect that. Um it, it wasn't wasn't bad, but it wasn't 
the music was not catchy. Like I wasn't humming the songs for days afterwards, but you should be prepared that it is a musical. But it's about this little girl whose mother has passed away. And while she was alive, she always used to tell the little girl the story of this woman in the moon, kind of like the man in the moon, um, and that she is up in the moon and she's looking for her lost love, which was ripped away from her when she was brought up to the moon. And the girl, the girls, this is five years later, the girl's father is moving on. He's dating somebody who he's bringing, you know, to the house now and to family celebrations. And this woman has a little boy who automatically thinks of himself as the girl's little brother and he's, you know, the typical annoying little brother. So the girl decides that she needs to go speak to this benevolent, beautiful, amazing woman in the moon so that she can prove that she's real because everyone keeps telling her, well, it's just a story, it's just a story. But it's one of these memories she has of her mom and because her mom said it was real, she feels like she has to prove that she's real. This is where it kind of loses me. The little girl builds a rocket and has builds an enormously long track right next to kind of like the monorail that goes through the country and is able to get up enough speed that she takes off and then she the little brother is in the thing with her he stows away and she hadn't calculated for his weight She's like 11, 12, but somehow she hadn't calculated for his weight, and so they start to crash, and then this beam of light from the moon grabs them and brings them to the moon, and she gets to meet this moon goddess. Diego, Amy just spoiled this, right? No, I didn't. I I really didn't. I didn't, because it's what happens. Like Even that's in the trailer. It's what happens when she's on the moon, and it just... Like, the whole the girl builds a rocket thing, I'm like, what? Stop it. So, and again, you know I'm big on, like, I'm able to suspend my disbelief. no stem over in that household. Yeah, no, (laughs) stop it. Not that she was a girl that built a rocket, that she's an 11-year-old who builds a functioning rocket that gets... There's no no stem going on. You're not building rockets over there? Yeah, no, no. With with no help, no materials, like it. And if you see how she puts it together and the stuff that's in there, you'd be like, that "This happened. is an animated film, right?" It is. Okay. It is. It it wasn't the worst kids movie that Netflix has made, but like even when she gets to the moon, the 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 moon goddess and the other characters in the moon, I was like, eh. So it was it was like I said, it wasn't as bad as some of the other ones I've seen. But it wasn't the best, and you have to prepare yourself that it's musical. Wow, this is 100% going to be the longest episode we do. So which is sorry. Not a bad thing. Yeah. So the last one was she, that I watched was Girl Boss. Damon, do you have anything about Girl Boss? I do not. Okay. So Girl Boss is the the part of what drew me to it was the lead is Britt Robertson, who was the lead in Tomorrowland, um, which I really enjoyed. She is a young 20s maybe late teens it's hard to really gauge her age but she falls in that range and she's a mess she's just a mess she cannot hold down a job every job she gets she quits for one reason or another she doesn't ever edit herself in social settings she's just really struggling to kind of find her place and she's making a huge mess of her life she somehow stumbles on the idea of selling vintage clothes online. She's shopping at the secondhand store. She finds this coat. She bargains with the dealer um, to, you know, she's like, I'll pay you. He's like, yeah, it's 20 bucks. She's like, no, like, this is old. Nobody's going to buy it. I'll pay you. 
eight. And he's like, and they go back and forth. And she winds up buying nine, value for $9. And as she leaves, she's like, dude, this is a whatever, whatever, whatever coat. And you just got suckered. And she goes home and she sells it on eBay for like $700. And so that kind of starts her in this vintage clothes selling business. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching her... And she doesn't really ever clean up her life. Like, she even winds up having, like, this huge epiphany after she gets, you know, sick with something. But, so she doesn't really clean up her life. But she's still able to start this business and really do well. And I enjoy things like that. I enjoy watching people start businesses and figuring out how to make money. I like watching people make money, um, like, in ways like this. That's a little bit different, like, not going to an office every day. But figuring out a way to kind of just build your own like thing. doing a podcast or something <laughs> like doing a podcast exactly just something else so i really enjoyed it i felt like her character is a little bit over the top sometimes but i i thought it was a really good show i enjoyed it a lot so that would be the last one that i watched on my uh, own diego you finally to talk yeah Whoa. all right welcome to the amy podcast I'm... i mean is 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 the job of the podcast that we watch stuff on netflix so that people can hear about it, it because it i feel like maybe i'm the only one who's really doing the job wow wow i mean you're gonna you're gonna give me garbage for actually watching <laughs> shows and talking about them on a podcast where we watch shows so the and only talk about show them. left Net, that's left on Netflix that, I, that Amy hasn't watched is Move, the documentary right, so, about the Oh, that's right. So, so I get the synopsis of this? Do I get yeah, to get ahead. at this again? All right. So Move, discover the brilliant dancers and choreographers who are shaping the art of movement around the world in this documentary series. Go ahead, Diego. I watched the first episode with Little Bugs, and I forget the other guy's name. I just, I love dance shows. I really do. But this one just didn't do it for me that's like, disappointing because I, I love you dance saw, shows too. Like, I, I, you would see like you get a lot of their life and the history of them and like where they came from how they grew up which was cool like i don't mind that but i want to like i'm here to see the dance i want to see yeah. i'm here to see the and it doesn't have to just be hip-hop dance like i like dance shows right and I just felt like you got like very little of it like you got snippets of it and like they, the whole time they're talking about you know they're they're gonna perform they're making this performance 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 and then you see like maybe like five minutes of the performance it felt like like you mm -hmm. didn't see like the end game like I wanted to see like this big performance and maybe that's on me that the show just didn't live up to what I wanted but after the first episode I was like if it's gonna be, and the, the first episode was the hip hop which is my favorite style of dance. And if I'm like, if, if my favorite one is not going to cut it, then I don't know what these other ones, like contemporary or whatever else is left, is going to do for me. So I kind of gave up on it after the first episode. Me this one was wife. on my list, but then when you told me about it, it was it was yeah, a no so. because my daughter and I will watch every dance show imaginable, but we watch it for the dance. So yeah, I agree I just, with you on that. It just wasn't for me. But that's it. Everything else you, we've talked about. So, All right. You guys ready for Spoilerville? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let's get into spoilers. Warning. 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 All right, you know what that sound means. That means we are in Spoilerville. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Rebecca, The Holiday, The Queen's Gambit, then make sure you fast forward to about the 59 minute and 26 second mark of the podcast where you can go to see what you missed, what's coming up soon, and then best in show. Spoilerville time. Let's go. 
Can we go from like worst to best? Yes. yes, we can go from worst to best. So I'm going to take a stab here, and, and is that Rebecca? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, so the synopsis is super duper long, but it's after a whirlwind romance in Monte Carlo with a handsome widower, Maxime, a newly married young woman, arrives at Mandalay, her new husband's imposing family estate. Uh, let me kind of skip to where it makes sense. So, you know, <laughs> Rebecca, haunting legacies kept alive by the sinister housekeeper, Mrs. Danvers. Um, it is based on a book. Right. So, man, I didn't want to watch it to begin with. I felt like you guys kind of forced me into watching it, and I was mad that I had to watch it. Mm, I blame I'm not Amy. sure about that, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean... I. It just didn't really do it for me. And then after going back and kind of like, oh, I want to know what the book was about more. And it seems like the book sounds better. Like there was definitely some things that were a little different. I, I don't know. I just, was, was anybody good? Like it was just a bunch of bad people being right. bad. That's literally what I wrote in my in my little write-up when I when I take notes on things. Is yeah. I said... Nobody was sinister. It was just a bunch of really unkind people. I mean, the, the, here's the thing. Like, is is Lily good? I mean, she finds out her husband's a murderer, and she's just like, ah, that's cool. Well, she's not like you that, but she's love. more like, I understand. Like, well, oh, th- th- good reason. Right, you're right, you're right. The, yeah, like, you're that's right. okay. That's right. okay you murdered somebody. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I it, it was just... It wasn't scary at all, first of all. And that's really I mean, how the preview... You expected it to be scary? Well, not scary, but at least like suspenseful. Like the preview made it look like the specter of the dead wife's ghost is hovering Haunted over the house. By, and then yeah. the sinister housekeeper. She wasn't sinister. She was just not nice. And there was no, <laughs> there was no specter of the ex-wife except for right. that people just kept... Or not ex-wife, but She's dead wife. People just kept it. talking about wait, her. Wait, 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 wait. You don't think that... Mrs. Danvers is, is sinister? I think sinister is... I feel like sinister is darker. She what do you think the worst, thing, kill, the worst thing that she, she did was? She was trying to kill the new wife. Yeah, I think the worst thing she that, did was the whole... Like Halloween yes, the whole thing ball. where she had her dress up, like the way that Rebecca had dressed up. I, I felt like it, it was kind of touted as like this really suspenseful, maybe a little bit scary because the, they kind of teased like... The place was, you know, being not haunted, but that the the wife's presence was still there. And I felt like that was a little misrepresented because the wife's present was presence was still there, but only because Mrs. Danvers wouldn't let it go, you know. And then I I just I, it just so, was it was kind of icky the whole and like the big twist wasn't a big twist. All right, so the yeah. husband killed the wife. That's not a big twist. The b- other big twist. That she wasn't actually pregnant, but she was dying of cancer. Like at that point, I was like, but I don't was, really. Care. She was cheating, right? Yes, she was. I mean, so I guess part of I guess the only twist that was a good twist was where she was like, "Well, you just loved her so much," and he's like, "Loved her? I hated her." I guess that was a good twist. Um, in that I didn't see that. I thought she truly was beloved by everybody, including the husband. But it just at, at there that was no point, payoff. right? Well, at that point, the... I didn't care enough. What do you think about the ending? Man, yeah, it just I mean, no payoff, so, just nothing. I mean, so so Mrs. Danvers, I think the ending is different in the book, right? 
I, I didn't read the book. I don't know. Well, I didn't either, but I like to do research, right? Especially oh, about shows we're going to talk about. You're much better that's, than That's just me, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, go ahead. Right. So how, so how did I guess, it end in the book? I, so you don't really know what happened to her, Mrs. Danvers. Okay. Which is a little different. Then, so. Than just watching her jump off the cliff. And, and I guess, right, so a lot of what they're saying is about the cliff was, right, to be closer. Right? To Jumping her. in the water. Yeah. It was yeah. water. Let's just call it what it is. The movie was yeah. black. The I was, was most black. upset that she burned down Mandalay because that place was beautiful. Uh, that was <laughs> terrible looking. No. No, I didn't like it. But no, no. I no uh, big major two thumbs everything down for this one. I hated it. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I agree. I'm mad and that Amy I, I loved me the to watch cast. It. I loved the cast too, and I, could, I just I just wanted so much more. Yeah, it could have been anyone. It was not. Nobody could have saved it. Nope. It was not. Okay. So let's move on then to something that was entertaining. Entertaining is a great way to put it. So holiday. So holiday. Sloan and Jackson hate the holidays. Blah, 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 blah. Awkward dates, but they meet on a bad Christmas and they make a pact to be each other's holiday for every festive occasion throughout the next year. I think that's all we kind of need here. Uh, that's definitely an excellent synopsis. There's, so, there's not much more to it. I... I liked it though. I yeah, it was oh, absolutely. Amy, you mentioned before about like a movie not being like a Hallmark movie, but still mm-hmm. having like that same kind of like concept. This reminded yep. me of like a cheesy Hallmark movie, but it yeah. had that edge to it. And yep, it was exactly. funny. Funny. Yes. Oh, it was. It was funny. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Laugh so, out loud, funny in parts. Yes. Yep. Oh, I don't remember laughing out loud. Maybe I a laugh. chuckle here and there. The I'm not finger... sure that you do laugh out loud, Damon. Is that a thing you do? <laughs> it's got to be something really good. Oh, okay. I think that the only thing for me that was a little tough was the finger. Oh, I don't oh know. yes. <laughs> yeah, we blew it up, yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't love that. Like, one, I'm like against this whole thing that promotes, even even in movies, that promotes any sort of fireworks stupidness. Okay. Um, and then two, I was just like, ah, like really? Like I, I get it as a story plot, right? She needed to take care of him at that point. Right. But like the finger, I don't know. See, I didn't I think know. it was promoting fireworks stupidness. I felt like they were showing you the consequences of being stupid with fireworks. I don't know. There's a lot of people shooting off Roman candles that just, uh, again, I, I, I liked it though. I really liked Emma Roberts. I thought she did a really good job at the character and it was fun it, right. I mean, it was predictable oh yeah you knew um, where it was going from the beginning there was no surprise in the show. <laughs> even, I, I think they even make fun of that concept at the, on their first holiday well that's yeah. one of the New things Year. that they did too they talked a lot about romantic comedies this yeah. isn't a rom-com and i was like Ugh, stop it don't do that like i don't i don't like that in a movie Ooh, see i i thought that was okay i was yeah. good with that uh, and that's... and I, the aunt was funny the mm-hmm. mom was funny. Like, the aunt was really funny. Though. Kristen Chenoweth at the aunt was ridiculous. It was, she was very funny. I agree with you on that. And again, this was another one. The cast was great. Cast was The cast great. was great. And they were well cast. They were definitely able to do a lot with with what they were given. And and they were given a really good script. And I, and I believed, I thought that, the, that Jackson and Sloan really had good chemistry, too. Like, that's part of it. Sometimes they cast people together, and I'm like, in a million years, I do not buy it. Or I don't I don't really feel and it from them. I did with these two. And you could tell, like, yeah. he genuinely loved her. And she really was struggling with just intimacy. And She and didn't want to go on the Ryan Gosling train. 
Right, yeah. right. It, it was liked, really good. And I liked how they, they specifically gave them enough backstory to understand why they right. were the way they were. Yes, I agree with that. Which which made it a little more real. This is one of those felt more like something that could happen, I almost feel like. Yeah. Yeah, like even their dialogue between the two of them was very like authentic in terms of like the sexual jokes, the family jokes, like everything was, it was just... <laughs> it was I, more I, I, like I, how people talk. Yeah, like yes. it, it was. It didn't it wasn't feel like that a cheesy script. Holi- Hallmark kind of dialogue. Right. All right, so so let's talk like kind of what your you know the first scene that kind of comes to your mind that you found funny. <laughs> so for me, I absolutely loved how they met and that she's trying to return these oversized pajamas <laughs> yes. and they were on sale and they were worth like four ninety nine because that's so what happens yes. after Christmas. Like <laughs> yeah. that was so funny to me. And then the lady behind them both that bought everything like yep. that to me was was my favorite scene of uh the movie you know it was really it was really well i was thorough like i was a little bit worried because sometimes these rom-coms are hit or miss for me well, but so, I was, so diego i was kind of leading you into your favorite scene i was hoping you would get there nah man that's that's uh... It's not my favorite scene, man. No, I'm saying, what was your favorite scene? <laughs> oh, my favorite scene? I mean, oh, you mean man. write this down I don't for you? Get, like, I don't want to get into too many details. Um, I like to keep it somewhat PG, but when they're um, with the family, the, like it's like the first scene with him, and he's with like his holiday Oh, yeah, girl, yeah, okay. And they're, they're like supposed to be exchanged gifts, and he yeah. doesn't have a gift for her, and she, she kind of spazzes on him a little bit. I love the fact that he tried to bring out money, though. That was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was when when that scene happened. I knew this was going to be a good movie because like, okay, this is this kind of movie. Okay, I can I can laugh now. I didn't I didn't know that I had like a favorite scene, but I liked. I I enjoyed watching the holidays. Like I enjoyed watching the different celebrations that they went to because again, I felt like they were very true to what people do yeah. on these holidays, and that was part of what added to the enjoyment for me because it just it was just. It was almost like watching a story that one of my friends might have told me. Like, oh yeah, and then we did. Yeah. We're here, and we did this, and he said that, and it. I just I, I enjoyed watching the different holidays that they went to, and just kind of ticking them off in my head as well. Like, okay, all right, we're getting closer to being like, how long is this going to go on before eventually she realizes? And then I just I loved the last scene at the mall. Um, he just there's just something about that guy. He was able to really sell me on the fact, like when they pass each other on the elevator and he's looking at her and the more and more that he's falling in love with her and he just keeps looking at her like, dude, do you really not see it? Like, or do you really not? Like, I just felt for him. I was like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. So, um, his, so. his uh, that's Luke Bracey um, yeah. plays Jackson. So his friend as a golf pro, um, that's a dude from Sneakerheads, right? Yeah. King Buck. Yeah. He's funny. I like him. Yeah. Overall, overall, I would say I, I can't in good faith give it the double thumbs up just because of what we're going to talk about next and it mm. pales in comparison so i'll give it a thumb and a half up very i don't know if we were still doing that diego en- kind of brought that back so very enjoyable i would give it a thumb and a half i would give it see i think you can give two thumbs up in different genres I could, in I could, its genre, it is definitely two thumbs up. I if I'm comparing it to our next show, I can't give it two thumbs up. But I think that things can be two thumbs well, up in their own That's what genre. Best in Show is, though, right at the end? Right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, all right. Well, let's so get into I'm going to give it two thumbs up. All right. Well, let's get right. into then 
the, the Queen's show that we all, Gambit. Yeah, we all love this one. <laughs> oh all right, so, he, so here we one? go. So this is based on a novel, um, and it's it's it was a limited series, which thank goodness it wasn't a movie because it needed it to be longer. Yes. It's a coming-of-age story that explores the true cost of genius abandoned and entrusted to the Kentucky orphanage in the late 1950s. A young Beth Harmon discovers a talent for chess while developing an addiction to tranquilizers. And then it kind of goes on about her, you know, determined to conquer the traditional male-dominated world of competitive chess. I, I, there's so much to talk about here, but but I told these guys, I mean, it was brilliant for me. I mean, I didn't want to watch it. I was mad that Amy was making me watch this. I truly, honest <laughs> to goodness, was mad there's a before surprise. I started it. And it could be one of the best things I've seen all year. Yeah. It, it was that good. The one thing for me that I really, truly enjoyed more than anything was an overall arc that kind of happens is that you get completion to every storyline and every storyline is interesting. Yes. Yes. I would agree with that. A hundred percent. I would agree with that. And the completion for me is what just was wonderful. Yeah. So there's so much to talk about. I don't even know really where to start so um, interestingly i didn't find that i think it's interesting that they wrote in the synopsis that you read mm-hmm. the piece about the tranquilizers because while that was part of the story i did not feel like it was Ooh. the part like i felt like i felt like it became less of an issue as she went on like she she had to deal with it certainly and it was definitely her comfort zone and it's where she well this could is the see. 50s too right Right. Well, that's true. It would have been a bigger issue there. I just, for me, that wasn't the, but, the story right, right. that, that so, stuck. So, so this is how I look at the tranquilizers, right? Number one, I think it's really what opened her up to chess a little bit, I kind of feel like. And because, again, the fact that she didn't necessarily have access to the chessboard, right, what they're kind of showing you is like with these tranquilizers, that's when she was playing the chest on the ceiling sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? Right. I, I also think the scene where, where she goes and tries to steal all the tranquilizers... Oh, my gosh. ...like, sets her up to kind of getting... Like, getting her character developed a little bit in terms of what she's about, especially at that point. So I think throughout the whole thing, you know, you have her adopted mother with the, the tranquilizers. Then you have her kind of going through this thing with drugs and tranquilizers throughout her whole career as kind of a crutch. And I think that was kind of crucial to the way she was because, I I don't know, I think it was, there was enough about that to make it a point of, you know, story contention. Mm. But to me, I guess the 1950s tranquilizers were like aspirin. Right. So I could see the, the... Again, was it a big deal? I don't know if it was a big deal in the 50s. I think it would have been a bigger big deal now. It almost was like as she got older, because she had access to them. I mean, you saw when her friend comes in, like her medicine cabinet's full because she can get any prescription she wants pretty much at this point. Right. I still think it was part of her crutch. And I feel like towards the end of that, you know, it kind of moved from, you know, she started with tranquilizers and then it was this drinking thing and she kind of conquers both of them towards the end i feel like especially right. when her friend comes there which i think that was great that she shows up 
Like yes. that was the best. Right. That was the best that she shows up and she kind of, again, completes that part of the orphanage story. There was so much completion. It was right. great. I felt with the tranquilizers, I felt like, first of all, to me, the, the, the idea that, and I know it happened, but the idea that they were tranquilizing children, right, to get them to behave, to make sure that there weren't any issues, that that piece to me, anything dealing with kids is, because on, on the surface, the orphanage seemed like a pretty good place, like the kids were fed, they were schooled, they weren't, they weren't being mistreated, like everybody who worked there was nice, and they were kind to the kids, and you know, I, I kept was waiting. Was that lady nice? And she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't nice, but she also wasn't uncon. Like, I, how many shows or movies have you seen where, like, they are locking kids up in the basement and hitting the kids and making the yep. kids scrub the place? And, like, it wasn't like, you know, she wasn't Miss Hannigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like just but- this idea of that they are... They addressed this. it though. I mean, I mean that's the thing. Like again, I like the fact that they were like, "Hey, we can't do tranquilizers anymore because it's you know the state says no." Like, I like that. Like, I like that it was even addressed. Right. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and then, so that that was part of it. And then I feel like, you know, then getting them from her mother, for real. And I've I've read things about this um, so many times, but. So many 1950s housewives were self-medicating just to get... I mean, there was just nothing for them, right? You, you mm-hmm. weren't allowed to get a job. You had to literally well, stay home and vacuum all day while your husband was and at I, work. And, and I, and I like that the, the, the mother got to come out, right? Yes. And they kind of did think... There was, this, there was this very close teetering prospect of her being a little too selfish on some of these trips that I didn't want to feel that from her because I was enjoying the story so much, but maybe she was a little bit selfish, but then like, it wasn't so bad. Like when the, the guy leaves her in Mexico, mm-hmm. it's okay. Like it, they didn't push it over the top where it made me dislike the mom. Cause I didn't want to, cause we already had to dislike the adoptive dad. Right. Right. So I didn't want to dislike her. And I think that they, it was a fine line, and I think they did a really good job with keeping that line in place of, you know, she's trying to help herself, but she's also there for Beth as well, you know, and I, I thought that that was very well done. I, I like the dude in the hat um, yes. from New York. Benny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I just all, loved all, all the characters. Every character, like, she had to go up against yeah. Had like a good like little background story to them, and, and even the two dudes that she keeps at the beginning, you know, yeah, running into. In and that's what I was places. gonna say. Like I loved her like nonchalant, not knowing like what the clock is for, what the pen and pad, and like how she's just picking things up as she's yep. doing the tournaments. Yeah. And I said this to Amy. I was like, "How disappointed were you that this wasn't based on a true story?" So disappointed. Extremely. And like. that was the that was the problem. <laughs> I, I go back and you're like, you know, the first thing you type in, you're like, all right, I'm on my phone. Like, yes, you know, is this is this a true story? Is it true? And it's not. And you're just like, oh, man. And not only that, but, you know, Walter Tevis, I guess is his name. The guy that wrote the novel wasn't right. even a great chess player. Right. Like, he was just okay from, you know, again, the, the research that I did Which after. Which kind of speaks to his brilliance that he was able yes. to create this story without any inside knowledge of all of this. And well, I mean, the- he, he, oh, let's... He was a better jazz player than any of us are. Yes, yes, and but you know what I mean. He just wasn't a grandmaster. Right. And, and I think that everything worked well. It was it was so interesting because each one of those matches was like its own little story. Right. And it was like, and like you were rooting for her 
And even that time that she lost, there was like disappointment and there was just such a great You were on the journey with her. Yes, you really truly were on that journey. And I think that there was enough in each one of the side stories to make it interesting. Every character was wonderful. I don't think there was a character I didn't love. I loved, you know, even her time at the orphanage was well done. The the only thing, you know, so the the mother, I mean, there's her real mother. There's, I could have used a little more, right? So we know that they she was wealthy, right? That was the weird part. She was wealthy because they do say that. And then she's in this trailer park and then she pretty much kills herself, right? That's what we're assuming? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, I wish I knew a little bit more if she's like wealthy or, or like what all happened there. Like... I think she was mentally ill. And yeah. and that there are there are so many stories of people who are, you know, from very wealthy families but they have mental illness and they wind up homeless or they wind up like it's a really real problem. Yeah. Um, and I could have used a little bit more about her, mm-hmm. but I think that you know, we we talk a lot about this series a Netflix series about, oh, here's the one down episode, or yeah, it was good, but you have to get past this. There was none of that. There I really mean, from wasn't. The, right when it was on, it just, I had to get past the, oh, this might be boring. It's about a girl in an orphanage. And then it's like, they bring you in so quickly to her character that you don't she's even intriguing really at first feel as a that. kid. Like, yeah. you don't know which way she's going to go. Yes. Yes. For, I, for I really enjoyed. Like you said, even the side characters and the side stories, I enjoyed watching her because because of who yeah. she was as a kid, she didn't really talk to anybody. She didn't really bond with people. And even as an adult, that was a struggle for her as well. Even even just in the idea that everyone's like the first female, the chest, you know, the chest, the, she's a girl, she's a girl, she's a girl. She wasn't really even about that. Like it wasn't like her striving to be the best female. She just yeah, wanted when she to was be in Russia, the best. Yeah, when she was in Russia, she's just like, nah, I'm not gonna say that. Or the or right. the Christian group. She's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Right. Like, she cuts that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but what I enjoyed was that even though she really struggled to make connections with people, you watch her from childhood to adulthood create a family for herself. Like, she really does, she has Jolene to begin with. And then when she leaves, she does get adopted. But even that, it's not like I, I a like tight, tight bomb. story, too, though. Yes. Like, they gave us her story, which, for the time, was so fitting. Like, right. it was so good. Right. It was so good. And then as she becomes an adult, and she meets up with these different, like, they, and it starts very slowly. Like, the two guys who register her for that first tournament, and mm-hmm. then... They come back again at the next tournament, and then they're there again. And then you see them all hanging out at the pool together. And now she's built this relationship, and then she beats this guy, and then this guy comes back, and she starts to be with him again. And then just she creates this family for herself. So because the whole like the whole time, I just kept feeling like I don't want her to be alone. I don't want her to be alone. Yeah. And she kept being, you know, creating this small little family for herself. So I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was just an amazing, a brilliant. You said brilliant. You texted yeah. that to me and Dame, uh, Diego. I a hundred percent brilliant. Yeah, All I mean, right. it was one of the one of the better shows I've seen in a long time, from beginning to end. Like you said, D, like really yeah. good. The chess, the, the scene where they're like playing a whole chess game in their head as they're driving to New right. York. Right, like, right. That was just like bonkers. That like that there are people like that that can do that. 
So I think all in all, this was probably the best show we've watched. I think in a long time. It's been a while since, like we said, yeah. this was a fabulous show. So. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. All right Amy, well, do you have something for your fun section? I have one. Time? It's a quick one. It's a okay. quick one. Um, I watched a show from Norway. It's a, It was a series from Norway, and it was called Home for Christmas. It was from last year. It was a Netflix uh, series from last year. And it's, again, it's very typical. It's about a woman who's, fam- if you're it's starting to get in that, like now that Halloween's over, I can be all Christmas all the time. So I'm good to go with that. And I wanted to kind of start to get myself in that feeling after I watched the holiday. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm ready for these now. So I just pulled it out and kind of watched it. And it's about a woman whose family is pushing her to get a boyfriend and get married, much like the, the girl on the holiday. Very formulaic, but it was lovely to watch. It was really interesting to see just how different countries approach the romantic comedy. Um, because, you know, I feel like there's a, a very strong formula in the United States for how romantic comedies are made. And it was interesting to see one from another country. It was it was just a really nice, delightful show. The character, she's a good person. And just kind of trying to watch her find her way through finding someone. And then, of course, in the end, she finds herself. But um, it, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Not one or two scenes, probably not for the kids. But it was definitely... Definitely a really good show. So if you're looking for some uh, some holiday shows to watch, if you like that kind of hallmarky romantic comedy type of series, but don't want something that's too heavy, this would this would be a good one for you to watch. All right. So now we have my favorite section. Yep. You know the the one thing with the coming soon is is that they they're not doing a good job at putting them in order for me. I right. wish they would put them in like order. So the Christmas catch, which is coming Wednesday, right. looks like a funny sort of quirky romantic thing. Um, I'm going to leave things that are for the next show away. Like I'd love to, like Dolly Parton's my, my girl. Yes. So like that's yep. coming November 22nd though. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit further away. But I think the big one that I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Like yep. I'm in on this. Yep. That's going to be the 13th. And then later in the month, we also have the Christmas Chronicles 2, which is fine. I'll do that. I want to say I'll watch We Are the Champions, but I won't because it feels like that other show. This is like a competition, quirky competition show. I'm just not going to do it. But I'm kind of locked in on this Christmas stuff at this point. So those are the ones I'm going to try to catch. Okay. All right. I have Dash and Lily. I really want to see Dash and Lily. I had Jingle Jangle on my list as well. Operation Christmas Drop is on my list. And then Non-Christmas, I, I've had it on my list, I think, for two episodes now, Social Distance. I really want to see it. I just haven't got to And I tried to keep my list short for what's coming up. I tend to do this, and then people mention other things, and I wind up watching them. But um, Citation, I want to see. And Country Ever After. This is that one that was originally called Country-ish and was supposed to drop in September. They pushed it off, pushed it off, changed the name. But now it is supposed to be coming out um, this coming week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that because I'm all about things country. So I'm interested in that as well. Diego, what you got? I have Auntie Donna's House of Fun that comes out November oh, 11th. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It's I'm going to wait to see. comedy show. I'll give yeah. it a shot. I'll give the first if, episode if, a shot. If you like it, you'll let me know. Like, I want to watch it only if it's good, though. Yeah, I'll give it one episode. If it's not like if it's not killing it, first episode. Yeah, like the I cabin I wanted to love because I love that dude, but it was terrible. Right. Uh, I want to watch Paranormal November fifth. So that comes out this week as well. It's probably one of the last scary ones I'll probably get on. 
And then it looks like another good rom-com. So this is this is new territory for me. I'm going to go two rom-coms in a row. Love and Anarchy comes out Wednesday on the 4th. Okay. So I'm going to give that a shot as well. All right. And then what do we got best in show? I think I think we might be all... I don't think there's a question here. I think yeah. we got the trifecta with uh, Queen's Gambit. Yes, yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree as well. So you guys got anything else you want to add? I'm just going to say... We're we're starting to get some good conversation on the on the Facebook page, and I'd love for more people to be coming out, joining the Facebook page, and then talking to us. We had mentioned on the page that you could drop us a question; we could answer it online. We had one question; I wound up answering it on the page just because yeah, ruined the whole thing. Yeah, I did ruin the whole thing, <laughs> but uh, we'd love to have more questions. Talk to us about shows. Tell us what you're watching. Tell us what you think we should watch. Ask us questions. We are all about. I mean, clearly, we're doing a podcast for people who like to talk. So. We'd, no. we'd love to chat with, with our listeners about what it is that we're watching and what it is that you're watching. So please, please, please join that Facebook page and, and chat with us. Yeah, so definitely give us a, a look out on the Facebook page. Look for us on iTunes. Leave a review. Give us some stars, whatever you can do to support the podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll catch you next time. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.